Coming up in this episode of Salt City Code, we talk with my co-host Kelly Corey about how she got into tech, her time during a boot camp, and what she's doing now. My name is Karen Thorne. And I'm Kelly Corey. And together, we are Salt City Code. We'd like to take a minute to say thank you to our sponsor, Hack Upstate, for supporting Salt City Code. Hack Upstate's mission is to unite and facilitate collaboration among the greater upstate New York technology community. Twice a year, Hack Upstate organizes weekend hackathons. Developers and innovators from across central New York come to Syracuse to form teams, build projects, and win amazing prizes. It's all in 24 hours, and it's free to attend. Want to learn more? Visit hackupstate.com and get ready to code. So today I'm, I'm excited to be here with my co-host, Kelly Corey, um, and to find out a little bit of background about herself, uh, since, you know, we're learning about both of us, because you need to know what Salt City Code is all about. So, Kelly, can you tell me a little bit about how you got into the tech scene? I absolutely can. Uh, first of all, Karen, I'd like to say thanks for having me as a guest on our podcast. Very excited to share my stories with um, everyone out there. So how I got into tech... Um, it is a long and meandering story. It's not true. I'm going to just try to cut it short here. So uh, when I was a kid, I loved computers. Um, my elementary school had a computer lab, and going in there and playing Oregon Trail was always one of my favorite parts of the week. Ooh, Oregon Trail. You remember Oregon take, Trail? Take the memories yeah. back. Yep, mm-hmm. going down memory lane. It's a real good time. Um, One of my favorite Christmas presents I remember as a kid is when my parents bought us a gateway desktop, which would have been, gosh, like 2000, maybe, something like that. Well, they were out before that, only because Mm. I remember I had this ginormous, I had a gateway. Did you really? um, That I got for a present, and it was this huge monitor. And I Mm want to say it was like, it might have been 1999, because the whole... 2K thing was coming and everybody was was crazy. Right, remember that was going to be a big deal. Yeah, Computers are going to shut down. So, yeah, so I kind of grew up in the midst of that, like, Y2K, you know, um, computers becoming more available in homes. It kind of felt like more people had one. Um, I ended up getting my first cell phone when I went to college. So uh, that was quite an experience. I am old enough to have had a flip phone. Back in the day, I used to do the little slide and I'd have to type on the keyboard. So I've kind of always been surrounded by tech. Um, my, I used to get asked to, you know, fix the printer or do like little tech things around the house for my parents. How do you use the printer again? Where does this website go to? Yeah. Should I download this attachment from this very sketchy email that has my name <laughs> in the subject line? I said, no, please don't. <laughs> please don't do that. So I, I've always had kind of a bit of a background in tech. Um, I never really got into web development necessarily um aside from messing with like my myspace profile if you remember myspace oh boy (laughs) yeah i think i might have started that Mm -hmm. like at the very tail end of it like i didn't get it into it when it first came out wow um so it was kind of like the tail end and then all of a sudden facebook hit the scenes sure yeah facebook kind of became a huge conglomerate and took over everything but yeah so that experience with myspace was kind of my first time working with like html and css a little bit um, I didn't get my first laptop until I went to college also. So that was in 2005. I had my first ever laptop, which was uh, some kind of Dell. I don't remember the name exactly, but it was my first experience having a portable computer, which was really great. Um, See that? You're one step up on me. I don't think I had my first laptop until 2000 and 
seven or eight, maybe. And I was. Oh, nice. Do you remember what it was? Uh, I actually I I saved up and I bought a Mac. I bought an Apple oh, laptop. Yeah. That's cool. I still have it. I wow. Still have it. Is it an iMac? Um. No, it's a MacBook. Okay. But it's definitely older. I mean, you can tell. It still works. Does its thing. That's great. Do you remember the iMac? Because that's actually my dream laptop. Yes, I do. You know, 2019, I still want an iMac. I thought they looked look, pretty red. Try, um, look on eBay a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've always wanted to restore an iMac. It's kind of this weird little side project I'd like to do. Um, I haven't really gotten into computer hardware necessarily, and I thought that would be something kind of fun and interesting to restore an old iMac. So, yeah, cool. I don't know if I would. Wa- I mean, I give you kudos for wanting to get into the whole <laughs> hardware aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. I can do little bits, you know, maybe here and there, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I would really like be able to handle doing all that. Although my children, are, they want a gaming, and they're like, "Let's just build one." Wow. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I hear you. That it is a lot. It's a lot to move to hardware, and it's a whole new set of skills you have to learn. But I also think it's really cool that your kids are just immediately into like, let's build a computer. You know, that was never something talked about when I was a kid. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's so rad. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, you know, you. I mean, if the gaming computers are, are re- they're really expensive, and I think mm-hmm. that you could probably build one for about half the cost. I think you probably could. My little brother built his gaming computer. I don't remember exactly what the specs were, but I know he pieced it together over like a year or so. Yeah. So it is possible. So I think that'll probably be our next, the next thing. Yeah. So got my first laptop in 2005. Played around a bit with MySpace. Um, I took a computer science class in college, but I only took one. I ended up graduating with a degree in broadcasting and mass communications from SUNY Oswego. So that is my background. What led you to like the broadcasting versus sure. the computer science degree? Okay, so I got it. I chose broadcasting when I went to college because I am an AV club kid. Okay. Uh, we had. I'm, I went to Sherburne Herbal High School. Very small. There was like 125 people in my graduating class. Uh, but we did have an AV department, and for all four years of high school, I was uh, one of the people that did morning announcements. So we had a closed-circuit broadcast system that yep. would play every morning, and I sat in front of the camera with my notes and uh, helped read the morning announcements. So that's um, what got me into broadcasting, actually, is that experience. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, not that not that there was an AV department, because um, I, you know, like I went to East Syracuse, Manoa, but I don't okay. think that when I graduated or when I was in high school that they had like a closed circuit like you're talking about. Mm. Everything was just like over the, you know, overhead. You know, there was okay. no like. So that's actually kind of cool that your mm-hmm. high school had a closed circuit that everybody could see in the morning. I know there was also a channel, like a local access channel that you could tune in and watch the wording announcements. Um I believe good old SETV. If anybody out there remembers that. Oh that's... my God! I actually I'm surprised that you even know what that is, but that's okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So that is uh, how I got into broadcasting. When I applied to college, I wasn't really sure what I wanted my major to be, um, and having that experience with AV Club, I decided that you know I liked doing this and filming the morning announcements and things. So I thought I would go in for broadcasting. Um, I realized towards the end of my degree that that wasn't really what I wanted to do with my life. So I ended up finishing my courses with mostly communication classes, um, which I thought were really interesting and had a good time with. Um, And then I graduated with that degree because at that point it was really too late to kind of switch to something else. I consider myself kind of a creative type, like I'm more comfortable, you know, writing essays and 
doing different creative things than I was sitting in front of a computer. Like, I just didn't think it would be a good fit for me, mm-hmm. um, which I also attribute to, like, one, not really being encouraged to pursue computing as a career, and two, a uh, misunderstanding on my part of what web development actually is as a job. If I had known, I mean, we all look back, you know, I think it's 2020. Um, if I had known what web development was as a career, I probably would have pursued that instead. Yeah, I think there is a big misconception of, of you know, what web development is and, and actually mm-hmm. what it entails. You know, um, sure. I just actually had this conversation with uh, our, our instructor, Max Matthews, oh, in great. that um, I had given in an estimate to a, a client um, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of waiting back, you know, to hear from them whether or not they were going to move forward with the project. Sure. And I think part of it was like sticker shock mm. for the amount of hours that you invest in it. I don't think people realize and understand mm-hmm. what it takes in order to give them a good working website. Absolutely. There is a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of thought that goes into it. There's a lot of pre-planning and designing things and sketching out the websites. There really is just so much more to it than, you know, the kind of, I don't know if I want to say like stereotype, but you know what I mean? It's not what people necessarily expect. Like if you are someone who, like me, is not great at math, um, you can still be a web developer. That is something that's still accessible to you. I thought because I wasn't very good at, you know, math necessarily, it's not one of my strong suits, that this was, you know, something that would go over my head or that I wouldn't be able to do. And so that's uh, part of the thing that I'm here to tell you today is that you can be creative and also be a web developer. And in fact, I would encourage you to do so. Yeah, I I agree with you. That is a big misconception um, because I think that's one of the things that people associate with that is, well, you you have to you know you you need to know all the all of this math, mm-hmm. um, and I think it all depends on where you wind up in all of that computer science aspect of it. Building a website, sure. you might need a little bit, but mm-hmm. nothing like what they portray yeah. as you needing. Yeah, I mean that's fair. If you you know pursue a computer science degree, obviously you're going to end up taking a bunch of math classes and things like that, but um, just to build a website and to be a web developer, you'll need some logic. Um, but, you know, it's not writing, like, the quadratic formula a million times, you know. It's no. really not And I, I did, I took quite, I went pretty far with math. I went all the way up to geometry, trigonometry, then what? Pre-calculus. Oh, there you go. Ooh, That's it. calculus. Oof. So I did take some, I took, like, I think I took a semester in college of calculus. Hmm. Math is not my strong suit either, so I can I can sure. completely relate to what you're saying. Um, your point on logic, mm-hmm. uh, I highly recommend to anybody out there, whether you're uh, going and getting the traditional degree through college or if you're even boot camp or anything, if you can find a logic class, mm-hmm. I highly recommend taking a logic class. Absolutely. I did take one um, in college, and I think that actually helped me a lot to understand when we were in careers in code, sure. some of the things that we got into with, you know, the drop once, once we hit JavaScript, yeah, I really I think know. that that logic class helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that a lot of people don't think that it will, but it does. It does come back again. All those FL statements and things. Mm-hmm. You know, it does help to have uh, some background in logic. Mm-hmm. Um, it is also something that you can get better at. You know, don't think just because it's been a long time 
you know, maybe since you've had a math class or, you know, it's, you don't really sit around to do logic puzzles for fun, um, you can still be a web developer and those are skills you can learn and develop. Absolutely. You know, it's hard work. I won't lie here. I won't sit here and lie and say, you know, it's really easy, um, but it is possible and something I would also encourage people to do. So uh, we've talked about my favorite subject in the whole world, math. Um, so I graduated from SUNY Oswego. Um, I will skip a few years here, during which I did other things, uh, most notably working as a nutrition assistant for a WIC facility. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yep. Thanks. Wow. Uh, that is a previous job of mine. So my uh, previous jobs were mostly in like customer service fields or you know working as a nutrition assistant, so very public-facing jobs. Um, even in those public-facing jobs, I still managed to find a way to do something with tech. Um, when I worked at the WIC office, for example, it was like I started in 2013 and worked there for a few years. And at that point, uh, they didn't have a Facebook page. So I worked it into my job duties to create a Facebook page for WIC, um, our local WIC facility. So I went out to like the local Walmart and took pictures of WIC foods and put them on the web, you know, the Facebook site. Um, I started working on, you know, making some social media posts and things. So even though that wasn't technically what I was hired to do, I still ended up somehow working in tech and social media and all that. So oh, I managed cool. to integrate that. Thanks. Yeah. And I ended up uh, coming out to Syracuse because um, my partner got a job. So he wanted to be closer to work, which I totally understood. It makes sense. Yeah. So we ended up coming out to Syracuse. Uh, once we moved to Syracuse, um, he started going to some of the local tech meetups. Uh, he works as a web developer, so I saw what he did each day and uh, realized that that looked like something I could also do and something I could be good at. So I started dabbling in free code camp before I went to Careers in Code. So I had done a little bit of that. So I was kind of working on some self-taught things. Um, I've learned a little bit of Python just because I like it. It's a fun language. Ooh. I'll probably learn more. Mm -hmm. So I did that for a little while. Now, did you learn the Python before you entered into Careers in Code, or is that something mm -hmm. that you've really? Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> Thanks. You I... are ambitious because, <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't know anything before we had started Careers in Code. I didn't even know Syntax. I didn't know any of it, you know. So that's fair. I give you major kudos to Kelly, major kudos oh. to Kelly, because that's a lot. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. So a lot of uh, self-driven learning, um, which also helped to push me towards like, oh, maybe tech is a career path I actually want to follow. That this is something I'm just, you know, learning and studying on my own time because I want to. I like learning this stuff. It's cool. Would you like to go from zero to full stack web developer in 24 weeks? Karen and I did. We're graduates of the first cohort of Careers in Code, a coding boot camp also sponsored by Hack Upstate. Learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and more from awesome instructors and incredibly patient TAs. If you're ready to change your career, sign up for the second cohort waitlist at careersincode.org. You can also sign up for the Hack Upstate Careers in Code monthly newsletter to receive updates, upcoming events, and job opportunities. That's careersincode.org. Okay, so before we get to my first ever tech meetup, um, we'll talk about a different tech meetup, which is the Open Hack that gets held once a month. Yep. Um, my partner goes to that pretty regularly and um, had come home from an Open Hack and said, you know, hey, there's going to be this new program starting called Careers in Code, and it's taking, you know, women and minorities 
who don't have a background in tech and turning them into full stack developers. He said it's like six months long. Um, and he was like, you know, do you want to apply for that? Like, I really think you should. I think it'd be a good fit. So I just realized how much of my story is uh, my partner being great. <laughs> really I was just going to say he's very like, but he's supportive of everything that you're doing. And that's mm-hmm. that. I mean, that makes a huge difference when you have your partner, you know, really supporting does. all of your decisions and encouraging you to follow all of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's made a huge difference in my life. Just having someone there who so consistently believes in me and supports me and wants to see me be my best self and encourages me to take steps towards being my best self. Um, Like I mentioned, I'd done some self-taught learning, but I was really looking for something with a bit more structure. And I liked that there was an in-person component to it because I thought it'd be nice to have some other people, you know, going through the same thing I was. Yes. And I give you a lot of credit for, for learning what you did like on your own and online. I don't you know, like I can, I can, now that we've been through the boot camp, I can probably do a little bit of that, but I mm-hmm. still need that, you know, like person to person, like, Hey, can you just make sure that I'm understanding this right? Sure. Absolutely. If, if this had been all online, I don't think that I would have been mm-hmm. able to, to get through all of it. That's totally fair. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised at how much I liked having that class interaction and having people that were going through the same stuff that I was going through and, you know, a curriculum that was already decided because there's just so much information about web development out there. There's so many places you can start. There's so many different languages you could learn. It can feel really overwhelming if you are doing it all on your own. Yes. So and I liked support. that our class was a smaller class. Yeah. That I think that also made a difference for at least for me, mm-hmm. you know, um, because sure. we, we sort of pretty much, beca- you know, we, we came a fairly tight knit group, I think. Yeah, I would say so. I think that's true. Um, and there were like 11 of us, and we yes. met for three hours a night, so it really just felt like another college class to me, right. which is not an experience I was unfamiliar with, so that yes. was also kind of nice. It was just like, oh, it's like if I was taking a college course, this is what I'd be doing. Yeah, and, and I felt the same way, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like going to college, you know, you have to be there every night for a certain you know amount of hours. Yeah. What I liked about it, though, is the fact that there were only 11 of us mm-hmm. versus in going into a college class where sometimes there's 20 or 30 of you or, or sure. if you're in a big lecture hall, there's, you know, mm-hmm. 50 to whatever. But Yeah, having yeah. such a small class size, I think, really gave everyone space to uh, participate and contribute and then also kind of allowed us to build those connections with instructors and, um, you know, and each other. It didn't, it just had, a, I don't know how to say, it, like, it just had a very personal feel yes. to it, which yeah. I think also helped, especially when it got frustrating during various parts of class. So that was good. Yeah. So I applied for Careers in Code, um, did the prep work, had my interview with Jesse and Doug. And while I was waiting to hear back, I went to my first ever meetup and then um, got the email in February that I had gotten accepted to Careers in Code. What was your initial feeling when you got that email? I was thrilled. I was just incredibly happy. I believe I may have teared up a little bit. I was curious to see, like, if we had sort of, like, the same feelings when we first got the email. And and I did, you know. That was when I read it, and, I, you know, my husband was actually talking to me, and I'm like, Mm. I didn't say anything right away. And then, like, I had to, I was like, I went through all of those that you had just mentioned and then I was like awesome. I got into that program and this is going to be a huge game changer for mm-hmm. us and he was like okay well let's figure it out <laughs> awesome yeah I just I read that email and I was like this is going to change the course of my life like this is going to be 
such a huge boost for me. This is going to set me on an entirely new path. Um, I am, I'm not going to cry because I did a graduation, so I'm not going to do it now. Uh, but I am incredibly grateful to have been a part of that first cohort and um, to Jesse and Doug and Will and the Hack Up State team for seeing something in me and um, accepting me into the class. It was nice to feel like someone else also thinks I could be good at this and is willing to take a chance on me. Get complete strangers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that was pretty cool. So I got accepted into Careers in Code, and that is how I got to the boot camp. Um, can you share some of your experiences through, you know, uh, things that were your, you know, highs and lows and, you know, whatever in between you would like to share with us? Sure. So a couple of my experiences throughout Careers in Code. Uh, I still remember that first kickoff meeting we went to back in March where there was snow on the ground and it was freezing. Um, There was a whole bunch of people there who, you know, some of them were sponsors from the community. You know, obviously the people from Hack Up State, um, some students in media and things. And I remember sitting down in the back row as far away from the front as I could and um, being horrified when I realized that Jesse was going to ask all of us to stand up and talk about ourselves. So I was kind of mentally preparing for that. Um, Ended up getting through it. Thank goodness. Um, You know, got... um, made it through that kickoff session there. But I just, I distinctly remember that feeling of, you know, not wanting to be called on and having to stand up and talk about myself in front of this room of people. Um, In addition to learning web development, which was obviously something uh, very helpful through this boot camp, it also has really helped me with things like public speaking. Um, So it's provided some like personal benefits in addition to the professional benefits. So that, um, oh my gosh, feeling sitting in the back of being called on um, so I started from that point and then over this 24 weeks of class with um, getting more comfortable participating and, you know, getting to know people in the class, um, going to more meetups and things kind of really helped me feel comfortable and um, felt, you know, helped integrate me, I think, a bit into the tech community. And um, by the end of class, when we went to graduation and had to give our presentations, you know, because we knew that was coming for the whole 24 weeks. We knew we'd have to stand up in front of people and give, like, a six-minute presentation. Um, I remember standing up there and giving my presentation, you know, with and feeling, like, so proud of myself and the work that I had done and uh, being able to stand up in front of that, like, 75, 80 people and give this six-minute presentation without um, running out of the auditorium I mean you know like that was such like a personal triumph for me I get it because you know and I and I had taken like a a public speaking class back in college but Mm -hmm. I think you need to do it on a regular basis in order to get used to that you know because I was the same I sat in the back row I didn't want to like you know kind of putting my head down and just kind of listening and Mm -hmm. I you know I didn't I didn't want I'm not one to, to want to have the spot, you know, like, don't put the spotlight on me because, sure, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's something, even now, I still struggle with that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we go to meetups and stuff, and I and I, I will talk to the people that we know. Mm-hmm. People that we don't know, I'm a little still apprehensive, and I don't, you know, I guess maybe that's something that I need to get over eventually, but sure. I don't know about you. I, I That's something I still struggle with. It is, yeah, absolutely. Um, it is something that has always been a little difficult for me is, you know, kind of reaching out to new people and forming those connections and things. Um, so that is something I've liked about Careers in Code is it was an easy way to introduce us into people in the community 
you know, getting to know instructors and TAs meant there was someone I probably knew when I went to the meetups, which was nice. So then it, it didn't feel so, uh, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just walking in by myself and I don't know anybody here. You know, some people can do that and thrive. And I think that's great and good for them. That's wonderful. Uh, I'm not that kind of person. Just isn't me. Yeah, so I, I'm not either. And it, it 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 does. It takes a lot to go into a room where you don't really know anybody, and you're like, mm-hmm. what am I? What am I gonna say? Yeah, what I mean, like go? sometimes I want to like just turn around, and run screaming, like, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. I mean, that's. I was very tempted to do that towards graduation. <laughs> yes. Bye. <laughs> like, let me go back in my bed and put the covers over my head because mm-hmm. I'm not coming out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. I'm. Um, so I think it's been um, really helpful to have this experience where I was um, consistently asked to talk to people and in front of people. Um, I gave a mini presentation during Careers in Code. I don't know if you remember, I talked about the 100 Days of Code project that I did on the side. I do Since remember I did, that. Yeah, I just did like a little slideshow. Um, so 100 Days of Code is a hashtag on Twitter that I used. Um, it's not a project created by me. It's a, I don't remember the person's name, but... Um, it was a project already in existence, and what it is is coding every day for 100 days. Um, doesn't matter what language, doesn't matter what project you work on. It's all a very individual thing. Um, but if you, you know, send a tweet every day, just kind of briefly mention what you're working on, and use the hashtag 100 Days of Code, um, people will retweet it. They'll respond to you. So it's also just another cool way to build some community um, while kind of working on your own thing. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I really liked it and would recommend it to people. Um, I think it's. You know, it's important to push yourself outside of your comfort zone, um, which is something I certainly did with this whole boot camp experience. But I think it's also important to make sure that you have uh, that kind of structure in place and have people that, you know, know you and like you and are your friends to help back you up. You know, you don't have to go through the entire thing by yourself. So I think it's been kind of a real balance of, um, you know, putting myself out there and then also making sure that I have the kind of support that we talked about, like from my partner, from people in class, from the community, so that I don't feel isolated. Right. Yep. I agree. So, yeah, so careers in code, it's great. Uh, I liked it. Um, Now, I know that I'm not the only one, like within, we'll say the first uh, three to four weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you have any struggles within that three, first three, four weeks? Oh, my gosh, did I? I sure <laughs> did. Um, I don't know if you remember the tip calculator project when we I were, do. like, first learning JavaScript. Yes. Okay. Um, I cried over the tip calculator project. I full-on cried trying to figure out how to put that together because I just could not get it. Um, but, you know, I let myself cry it out, and then I went back to it. And I think that's really the important thing is uh, to keep trying. Yeah, I agree that if there's one thing that I think we could both agree upon and a message to get out there is Mm -hmm. don't give up. Absolutely. Walk away uh, because that did help me a couple uh, numerous times in doing something. You know, I would get to the point where I'm like, oh, my God, I can't do this. And like I wanted to throw the computer. I just like just fling it across the room. Mm -hmm. But I would get up and I would walk away. And whether it was for a few hours or even the next day, Mm -hmm. having that time away. And then I would look at it and be like, oh, okay, it's right there, right in front of your face. Right. So you you have to have that time to to walk away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's wild what you'll see once you've taken a break and you come back and look at it and you're like, oh, I'm missing a curly brace or, oh, it's, you know, something like that. Um, Having to walk away from it and come back was actually a skill I also had to work on during Careers in Code. 
um, because I'm the kind of person who would sit in front of the, the code and be like, okay, I have to figure this out right now. I have to figure it out. I have to do it. And then I would just put all this pressure on myself that really like didn't come from anywhere. It was just me putting pressure on myself in a way that was not really healthy. So um, this was also a good skill to learn over my course of boot camp is being able to say like, it's okay to not figure this out right now. You can walk away and come back to it. And that doesn't mean that you failed or that you've done anything wrong. It is healthy to take breaks when you feel yourself getting to that point that you're just incredibly frustrated. Like, don't keep pushing yourself. That's Absolutely. time to walk it, away. It is. Because I can remember that. I it was, And it was something as simple as I didn't have, you know, a curly brace at the end or, mm-hmm. or a bracket. It was something of that nature. Sure. And I was really frustrated. And, and it was something that Jeff had been teaching us. I don't know if it was the tip calculator or if it was something mm-hmm. else, but... I literally, like, I walked away, and I literally, when I came back, I went through every single line of code that I had to mm-hmm. make sure that it had an opening and a closing tag, and it that's what it was. I was missing a closing tag somewhere, oh, and man. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's fair. I mean, those are, like, some of my favorite things now that I have a bit more experience about development. Now if I go back and I'm missing a closing brace or a semicolon or something, I'm like, yes, it was that easy. Yeah. So outside of boot camp, when you were working on on projects, um, uh, you know, like I know myself, I spent a lot of time. Um, How did that affect your relationship with Drew, your partner? Um, So how did that affect my relationship with Drew? Um, Well, it meant that I spent a lot more time in the office. (laughs) We have uh, an office at our place, which is nice. Uh, each of us have a desk in there so we can work independently. Um, I think that's important, though, to have have your own a space. space separate from everything else that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you can, you know, carve out a little space for yourself and to designate that as your tech space, I found that a lot more helpful than, you know, trying to just work anywhere in the house. Um, right. I liked having a designated spot where it was okay. I come here, I work on code, and then I get up and leave. It felt a little more like having, you know, like if you went to a job, yeah. you know, you'd go to a certain place, you'd do this thing, and then you would leave. And I think it kind of gives you a healthy break instead of, you know, just carrying it with you everywhere. So yes, and, and I agree. I, I agree with you. Carve a space out. Um, you know, like, I, I mean, granted, right now my ours is in our bedroom until we get a room built, but sure. I have this corner of the bedroom where there that's go. where everything is. So mm-hmm. when I go there and I sit down, that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. You know, and then I can get up and walk away and I can go do whatever I want. I was very privileged in going through this class and that my partner also works in this field. I believe I was alone in that in the class in um, having a partner or someone, you know, that lives with me that also does this exact same thing. So the cool thing about that is that when I had a question or if I needed someone to bounce ideas off of, I could talk to Drew about it because he would know what I meant. We shared that kind of same language in a way that I think, you know, was kind of an issue for other people in the class who didn't. I do have to agree with you because, uh, you know, like I would get frustrated or I'd say something and my husband would be like, well, what's the matter? And I'm like, and I'd start saying something and he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it got to the point where I I just stopped saying because trying to explain it is, you know, like, you know talking to somebody in a foreign language. Absolutely. It is. It is. It's like learning an entirely new language. And all the technical terms and things and so I was very lucky in having someone that just spoke the same language I did so we just 
um, had to talk some things out every so often, you know, but um, for the most part, like it, which, it was which hard. It's but. true. No, that's true because, you know, even in my situation where I had somebody who didn't know that aspect of it, we still mm-hmm. every once in a while it would be like, okay, wait, you know, like let's stop and take, take a talk about this for a second you know mm-hmm. we knew that going into this it was going to be a long six months yep. you know 24 weeks we knew that it was going to be hard on everybody here in the household so mm-hmm. you know like we're halfway through or you know we're almost at the end game you know that all of mm-hmm. it at every you know every so often we would have to stop and be like this is what the goal is mm-hmm. let's keep our mind you know let's remember that right um, and that always helped too awesome that's good I think it did, and I am so glad I went through this whole experience and made it through the end and didn't walk out of class during HTML and CSS. <laughs> yes. Definitely thought about doing. So, and this isn't, an, actually, I wanted to ask you this during the boot camp oh, when yeah. we were in class and everything, but everything is so crazy. It's, it's, it's true. You know, like, you forget half the time. Sometimes I would free, even forget, like, what my name was or where I lived or what my zip code was. You know, people ask me a question, and I'm like, mm-hmm. uh... Oh, yeah, it's it's this. Um, so what I've been meaning to ask you is, how do you find all of your, like, little resources and little, like, things that you do, um, okay. you know, to kind of, you know, like the 100 Days of Code or, you know, like, really cool little places to go and find to learn, you know, like, maybe another aspect of, say, JavaScript or, you know, like, getting sure. into, like, the Python or... Uh, any of that stuff. Yeah, um, I can talk a little bit about how I found some resources. So um, one of the biggest things I've done is setting up a Twitter specifically for tech-related things. And I have found through following um, some various people on Twitter, that's how I found 100 Days of Code, was just um, somebody posting it on Twitter and me seeing hashtag 100 Days of Code. And I wondered, you know, well, what does that mean? So I clicked on the hashtag, and that led me to... The website and then the website explained you know kind of what 100 days of code is and i said oh that's something i'd like to do um so social media it's a big way i find resources um i get emails from free code camp they send out a newsletter and um, in the newsletter they'll mention like five or six different resources that they would suggest for people um, i find some cool stuff on youtube there are a lot of people on youtube that also do coding and um you know, provide tutorials or different things to work through, which um, I've enjoyed and have shared in our, uh, we had a channel in the class Slack for student resources, and I was a frequent poster there, because I tried, you know, if I find something cool, I, I'm like, oh, I hope other people will also find this cool. Yep, I so. did. I found a lot of that stuff. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. So, um, yeah. I, I probably have, you know, like, I started setting up in my bookmarks, um, I had folders, and I'm like, oh, okay, let's, I'll throw nice. it, you know, go to it and then throw it in there. That's um great. Yeah, so that's really where I get my resources from. Just a lot of exploration. Um, Twitch. Yeah. Have you looked at any of that? I haven't had a, really had a chance oh. to, but I think that a lot, like I see more and more people talking about it, and mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a really good resource. I just haven't had Absolutely. the time, um, you know, to really dive into it because I know people sure. are on there a lot. Yeah, they are. Um, the there's a fairly big coding community, I think, over on Twitch. Um, I think it's kind of the wave of the future, it's, you know, so as that sounds, um, I think, um, you All know, I can think of, of when you say that is, um, Wally, I don't know, just for some reason that feels like awesome. it was something that they would say. Absolutely.
What are your plans for the you know the future? What do you where where what can sure. we expect to see you diving into? All right, cool. Uh, so future plans include, um, I'm in the process of restructuring my personal website, which is kel.dev. Um, that is something I've been, that's been in the works, um, which will also include my tech blog. Um, I highly recommend if you are in tech, start your own blog. I am also still working on my capstone project, which is uh, sensory-friendly Syracuse. Yay! <laughs> I was hoping that you were going to say that. I was going to ask you about that. I'm really mm-hmm. glad that you are going to um, continue that because I really think that that will help a lot of people. Thank you. I don't think people realize how much, how many people need something like that. I agree. Not Absolutely. Just, not just for their children, but even, you know, adults who have so, you know issues with that you know sure. some people can't handle you know lights and or sounds or you know Absolutely. things like that yeah i think there's a large community of people out there with you know various sensory processing issues or you know other types of neurodivergence or things like that that would really benefit from having uh resource and information um in one central place to refer to before going out so then you know you can kind of make judgments for yourself about what you can handle that day or whether or not you want to go to that place. And I really hope that um, with continuing to build out Sensory Friendly Syracuse that it will become a resource people use and enjoy because I really do think it fills a need in the community. Absolutely, I, th- I do. Thanks. So uh, that's also still in the works. I try to um, you know, keep building my skills through doing various little uh, fun projects and working on things. Um, I am currently... Um, doing some contract work for a website, so that's kind of what I'm doing now. I would be open to doing more things like that in the future, so uh, that is also something I'm doing. And then I just, I have a list of project ideas that I have not started yet, but would like to do. So. It's good that you have a list, though. Mm-hmm. That's, I definitely that's have some another ideas. one of the things, is lists. Like, I've, I have found um, during our time in the boot camp, making mm-hmm. lists and writing things down is a huge, huge, for me anyway, is a huge help. Because then, you know, you can go through and be like, oh, yep, I did that, yep, I did that. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just so much to try to keep track of in your head that I find that writing it down and having an external source to refer to, very helpful. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff. (laughs) It's really the answer. I do a lot of things. So do you you think that you're going to... um, try and you know just be do like contract work or do you think that you're going to try and actually find a Um, company yeah I would be open to uh finding work through a company so that's also you know something I'm still in the process of um but in the meantime working doing that like freelance kind of work is um where I'm at right now so yeah I kind of it's it's tough because you know like I haven't had the experience in in an actual company or anything Mm -hmm. but I kind of like the freedom of the freelance to be able to, you know, yeah. do a lot of things. Because not only are you working on a project for a client, but you you can also incorporate some of your own projects Absolutely. In with all of that. Yeah. Um, building up your own portfolio. Is, oh, my God. Let me try that again. Building up your own portfolio is a really important thing to do. Something I would also encourage people, especially in that process of trying to get hired for jobs with companies or looking for freelance work. Um, keep building your own skills and building out your portfolio because people do look at that. They do. And also, um, whether you use Bitbucket or whether you use GitHub or mm-hmm. one of those um, and, you know, push all the time. 
yep. push all the time because they, they do look at that. They look to see, you know, has it been stagnant? And right now, you know, like my mm-hmm. GitHub has pre- been pretty stagnant since we graduated sure. um, just because I've had other things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I'm going to have more time, mm-hmm. um, you know, my goal also is every day to, even if it's just something small and insignificant, doesn't matter what it is, whether I change the color on something, what I don't care what it is, is to push. Because, you know, you have an issue and you can throw something out on Slack. And whether it's through the Hack Up State Slack or, you know, Careers and Code channel or mm-hmm. even Syracuse I.O., yep, if absolutely. you throw something out in their general um, channel on Slack, mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of developers that will answer is mind-boggling to me sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's great. In, in other fields, it's like, you know, well, no, I, I'm not going to tell you what my secrets are because mm-hmm. then you might take my job. But there's right. such a need for developers yep. that, you know, and there's no one there's no one right way oh, that's so true. to do anything. 100%. So one developer might give you one suggestion and another developer might give you another suggestion. Mm-hmm. And even though they both may not be what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. A combination of the two sure. may be what gets you sure. what you need. Or it'll point you in the right direction yes. to figure out what you're looking for. Um, every The community has been so willing to share resources and to direct people, and that community support has been such an incredible help and is something I really like about the Syracuse Tech community is how involved people are. Yeah, and it's not just the Syracuse community. Sure, yeah, there's absolutely. Even, there's even people that, even though they're they are in, like, the Syracuse community slack and things like that, Mm -hmm. they still, they'll chime in, which is great. Yeah. So shout out to the Syracuse, uh, Syracuse and beyond tech communities for your participation. But yeah, so that's, um, kind of what's happening with me now is, uh, you know, getting started on some freelance work, uh, working on building out my own portfolio, um, still working on my capstone project and some other projects, hopefully coming up, uh, doing this podcast with Karen. So, also working on Salt City Code, um, and hopefully continuing to work in the tech field for a very long time, because I really like web development, and I'm very happy to be here. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you were told us about your story, Kelly, because I think it's very interesting, and I think that it, it will encourage a lot of people to go and, you know, follow their dreams if they want to with the tech community. Thank you. Um, it, you know, it seems to be a very open community. If you would like to follow me on my personal learning curve journey, my website is kethorn.com, Instagram, Karen Thorne, Twitter, kthorn, and email, contact at kethorn.com. Also, be on the lookout for JS Web Development, LLC, as I'm starting my own business. Twitter and Instagram are jswebdev. I'm working on a website that should be up soon, and that's jswebdevelopment.com. You can always email me, at jswebdevelopment at gmail.com. So if you're interested in following along with my tech journey, you can follow me on Twitter at KelDeveloped. That's K-E-L-L, developed. You can also follow me on my personal website, which is kel.dev, again, K-E-L-L dot D-E-V. And that's where my tech blog is, along with uh, my project work, and is currently in the process of being rebuilt, so please be kind. Um, together we are Salt City Code. You can follow along with the podcast at Salt City Code on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us at saltcitycode at gmail.com. And remember, 
always keep it salty. salty.